All right, I'm going to do the intro. Do it. And uh, I guess we'll we'll do the thing. This yeah. is going to be fun. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to I Know the Owner. Hello. Hello. Uh, this is a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington. I'm your host and owner, and I'm here with Vanessa. I don't even know your last name. Whalen. Vanessa Whalen. Um, and this is my first ever guest that I know not at all, and I'm very excited about it. I have no notes. Oh, that sounds like we did something. Okay. <laughs> yep. Neither of us farted. That was just <laughs> some kind of sound thing. I don't know what it was because Stuart's downstairs. Um, so hopefully Alex can fix it. Yeah. Um, so welcome. Hi. Hi. Um, I hear a bell. Do you have a bell? No. No? Okay. I left the cow at home. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's uh, this guy outside messing with my car. Well, welcome to I Know the Owner. Thank you. Um, and we, I was introduced to you by uh, Miles, who yes. works for me at Hinderlands. Yes. And you guys work together? Yes, we did. You did? Oh, we still do, actually, I suppose. It's kind of it's in limbo, in isn't it? Air, limbo huh? line, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we used to work together a lot. Mm-hmm. He was my bar back. Um, oh, so. it's my chair. It sounds like a, like a duck. Ah, I'm going to switch chairs. All righty. All right, we'll keep going. All right, so you guys worked <laughs> together at, was it the Bell yeah. No, Union Hall. Union Hall. Union yes. Hall for a few years, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was fun. He was, I made him work, though. I'm strict. I was, like, I was like, counting these cigarette breaks, and I'm like, you've got to keep cleaning, got to keep cleaning. You count a cigarette breaks. Oh, nice. yeah. Nice. I like it. Kept him on till, kept him on till, <laughs> so that I knew when he could get out in the world and get a bar job, he was he was up to code, you know? Nice. Well, and I he's appreciate great. it. He's, he's great. great. He's great. It's one thing you can't give someone. You can teach them how to be a bartender, I suppose, mm-hmm. how to make drinks, rather. Yes. But you can't give someone a personality, and that's what's required behind yes. the bar is a very lively, or yes. maybe not so lively, depending on the situation. Personality is key. That's your biggest biggest need for a bartender, I think. Yeah. Where did you start? I started as a kid in my mother's pub in England, um, oh, Northeast wow. England. She had a jazz club. My uh, aunt and uncle have that now. Um, so I started just whitewashing the cellars. Whitewashing? Yeah, because we had to keep, every month we had to paint, whitewash the cellar. Had to be okay. spotlessly white. It was all cast-conditioned ale, so I had to bang okay. them with a brass tap and soft spile, hard spile. Had to let all the hops settle before we could serve it. I have no idea what Clean you're saying. It, cleaning the lines. Oh, wow. It was a lot. It was a That's lot involved. Serious. Yeah, it was great. It was old How school. old? I was started there when I was like 15, mm-hmm. 16. Pocket money. Um, yeah. And then when I was 17, I was like, Mom, come on, let me serve a pint. I'm excited. And the drinking age is 18. Yeah, 18. So yeah, it's yeah. not like... Yeah. It wasn't a young crowd, her, her place, no. But um, I was so excited. And my granny worked there because she was a barmaid for quite a big wow. chunk of her. Wow. So it's so in it your blood. Bar- it is. And they, <laughs> both my mother and grandma kind of wished that me and my two siblings wouldn't go into the trade uh-huh. because it can take up your whole life and yes. late hours. And But uh, I tried to get away from it, but I was like, it's there, mother. It's in me veins. <laughs> How late are bars open in England? Well, legally 11. Okay. But 12 okay. even. So they've kind of changed the laws now. Okay. Um, 11, 12. Sundays it used to be like 10, 10.30. And uh, back then, 
Uh-huh. We'd, you, you would do last call, you'd have a big old bell. Uh-huh. Ten minutes before, you'd scream your last call. And everybody was supposed to chug that and be out. Okay, and then that's but, it. And then that's it. But my mother didn't mm-hmm. come downstairs till about 10, 15. It was the grand entrance. Oh. And then it was known as the Lock-In Central. It was all live music. It was great. A oh, fireplace. it was like a speakeasy. Yes. Oh, Every nice. night it was great. It was also, it was really, it still is. Very popular, great local pub. What's it called? The Black Bull in Bladen. The Black Bull in Bladen. Mm. Next time I'm in England, I'll, I'll have to check it out. I've only been once. All so. right. Um, what's the difference between a pub and a bar? Oh, that's a toughy, tough, tough, because I think now in England, they're nearly all just really bars, mm-hmm. unless a pub, I suppose, is more just really like your home. Okay. It really is like a home. When you go in, it looks like a home in a way, feels like a home, mm-hmm. and you're just sitting with your siblings all around. Uh-huh. And I think so you know everybody in there. Yeah, like The same people yeah. go Yeah, every otherwise day. then it would be a bar, and American bars are so trendy over there now. And uh-huh. It's turning more and more bars. There's not enough local pubs anymore. It's hard. It's expensive to keep them running. Yeah, yeah. You know, with your locals, because they'll sit with three pints or four pints. Yes. Every night for about four or five hours, and they'll have the dog. Or, so, it's, <laughs> you know, you want to try and turn your chairs. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more difficult in a local's pub, but you do have loads and loads of locals if you have uh-huh. a good pub. Yeah, so yeah. So you do keep running, and you have to just be creative. Yeah. You know? Hopefully you own the building. Yes, that's, that's, yes, that's definitely a good one in any business. We were in, um, we were in England, I keep saying a year ago because I feel like this past year doesn't count. Exactly. (laughs) So, so a year, a year BC. Yeah, (laughs) absolute. We were in the Cotswolds for a wedding. Very nice. And it was, it was lovely. And we were in, I, I think it was a pub and they have liquor and oh, they yeah. had um, gin, they had sweet vermouth, <laughs> and they had um, Campari. <laughs> Don't tell me and, that's it. Because <laughs> no, you're struggling. But, my, and, but um, my husband asked for a Negroni, which is yeah. those three things and yes, nothing else. Yeah. And the bartender was like, nope. And was well, they wouldn't like, know how to make it. They wouldn't a, make in it. In a pub, they wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, but you have all three things right there. Uh-huh. And they're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, what do you want? You want a shot? So you want a beer? Just order three shots. Yeah. One of each and, and then, then say, can up. I get a glass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is true. Because after I'd worked there, I went, uh, it was funny. There was a jazz night playing and we lived upstairs too. Uh-huh. We had a house, but we lived upstairs too. And I was right above where the jazz played and the big bass was going. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was only 18, just over. And I was like, I've had enough of this. I need to go to London. And this bass is vibrating in my bed. And I put the uh-huh. radio on. And uh-huh. there was a show called uh, Night Owls. Uh-huh. And it's a guy who just talks talks to the public for an hour or two. It's really nice to just mm-hmm. chatty like this in a way. And then this guy had called in from London. And uh, he said, all right, I want the Newcastle girls, which is Newcastle's with the town, the city I'm from. Okay. Northeast England, closer to Scotland. So he's like, I'm telling this owner of my friend that owns a bar in London that the girls up there work better than the London girls. So we got a competition on. He'll pay the bus fare. I'm going to interview you over the phone. Okay. Pick five girls. was no guys. Shouldn't have been allowed uh-huh. nowadays. But uh, I'm going to pick five of the best interviews over the phone. Pay your bus trip to London. You can stay overnight and pay your bus trip back. So long story short, I got that job in London. Okay. Which was great. But that was like this, I guess, the early days of podcasts. So there I was in London now, learning how to bartend in London in a city. 
What what year was this? Ooh, so roughly, this, roughly. It'll be 80, okay. 87. Okay. 86. And so they bust you to London, and then yeah. you stayed? Just for the night. Oh, just for the night? I had this interview, and it went really well. Mama was like, sit up straight, look them in the eye, <laughs> pronounce your vowels. Did you do that? Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Cross your legs, because I'm a tomboy, and I'll be like, oh. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, no, because everybody thinks northern girls are thick. Okay. No brains. That's, that's really okay. what they would think, but no. No, so I did watch, watch, and then when I got home, said, I've got the job, of course. Oh, you're leaving. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. That's that was, great. That was so how I became a own, city girl. In London, yeah. bartending, mm-hmm. you have a job, you have pocket money. What was that like? Well, the thing there is different. Not just do you get pocket money. You get room and board, food, and your money. So you don't have to, mm-hmm. any bills. And this little place. amazing. Yeah. So this little place I worked was in Chelsea. And they got me, uh, this is the craziest thing, they got me this little bed sit around the corner in uh-huh. Knightsbridge, and my corner store was Harrods. Wow. That was my corner store. The bed sit was teeny weeny, but it didn't, I was just like, I am in the fanciest place in London, uh-huh. living, got my own room and everything, two meals a so day. You partied like crazy. No, it wasn't a party girl. No? But we did, we did go out and have, <laughs> the girl, there was a lady that cooked there, she's like 12 years older, and she took me under her wing. We're still very mm-hmm. close together today's friends but she took me under her wing and took me all over and then she's like two or three drinks in I would be all just chatting with everybody she's like no you're not going home with them no no every night she's like no get back you know so she kind of kept me at bay which is good that's good it's actually good I guess it's nice that you live close by I guess when I was a young bartender I lived far away so I bartended in Manhattan and I lived way out in Sheepshead Bay Brooklyn and I guess you would like Kind of party with someone local just so you could crash at their place. Yeah. So I, I guess if you had an apartment right there, yeah. you wouldn't have to do that. But we went all over on the subways and stuff. Mm-hmm. But to this day, that's one of my rules is I try to live super close to where I work. Yeah, mine Because too. I don't like to spend a lot of time commuting. It's a yeah. waste of time. And I like biking to work or walking. Plus, you know, at the end of the night, you got to take a cab home or yeah. something like adds that. Up. Adds it adds up. up. Big time. Um, you know, you don't want to just, like, walk out the door. Someone could follow you. Exactly. So. 2 a.m., 3 a.m., yeah. 4 a.m., no pocket way. Pocket not, full of money. Not safe. Not anymore. We don't make as much cash as no. we used to. No. <laughs> it's all, not at it's all, all. in a check. That's so big difference. Just in the last couple of years, it's like, yes. wow. Yes. The Where last couple of years. Where has it gone? Um, listeners, if you're listening, spend cash. I think please, I said it before. Please, pretty, please, please spend cash. This whole credit card thing is getting ridiculous. Also, um, you could be a nice bar owner like me where I give the staff 100% of their tips, but a lot of bar owners take a cut. Um, A small amount is legal because it covers the credit card fees, um, but some of them take more than that. And if you pay cash, um, not guarantee because every place is different, but it's more likely the bartender gets all of their cash. Yes. So... Yes. Tip in cash. If you can't pay in cash, at least tip in cash. Uh, but, you know, pay in cash, too. Just yeah. cash. Just yeah. get some cash if you're going to go out. Just get it. Go yeah. to the ATM. Just we love cash. you even more. <laughs> we'll never forget you even, ever. So how many years did you work in that spot in London? Oh, no, I was only there a year and a half. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I came over here in the end of 91 and I quite on a holiday. Okay. And I quite liked it. Yeah. And I'm still here. Wow. So it's the longest holiday of my That's of anybody's a long holiday. life. Yeah, 29 years. 
Um, so I came here, stayed with friends that I met, Americans that lived in White Plains. They were at school in London. Okay. So I met them. We traveled through Europe a bit for about a year. Mm-hmm. I lived in Prague during the Velvet Revolution for a year. And like just, oh. it was really good, interesting. Did you work in Prague? I was teaching English in Prague. Nice. Yeah, I don't know how I managed that, but I, that was, <laughs> I did it, and it was different, and it was fun. Uh, the bars were underground. It was really, you had to uh, ring it, put your hand through holes in walls, ring little bells to get in, to get down. To and they the, were really underground. Yes, literally really underground. down the stairs, dark, and then it would be like, wow, boom. That happened to me in St. Petersburg. Um Somebody said, we're going to take you to the most underground club. And I thought that meant, you know, like, yeah. nobody knows about it. Yeah, yeah. But it was literally Just underground. underground. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And it was amazing. I was like, wait, she wasn't kidding. We're literally underground. It's the bars, <laughs> the pubs then. You didn't really want to go there because they were just full of guys that smelled of onions and just drank <laughs> gallons and gallons of bread. And then they'd want to grope you. So I was like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. So we found these underground pub clubs and... It was great. Dancing to Madonna and letting it all go. <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and then what was your first bar job when you got here into the States? I was here, and again, I was on a holiday. I said I was on a holiday. I really was. And there was a chalkboard sign. Uh-huh. I was going to buy an ice cream. It was a chalkboard sign in Chelsea, in Manhattan. Uh-huh. And it just said, bar, bartender, server, something like that, wanted. Uh-huh. So I'd gone to get the ice cream, and I finished my ice cream, and I was like, just for the hell of it, I'm just going to go in mm-hmm. and just have an interview if I can or yeah. see what's up. So they immediately took me downstairs, one-on-one interview, and I'm just, I'm a good bullshit artist. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, That's what I'm hoping so for. I just, oh, I just <laughs> went, blah, 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 blah. I can't even remember, but I was just, blah, 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 blah. So then I walked back to the apartment where me and my friends were staying, and I just went, hey, I went and had an ice cream and an interview for a job. I said, so it's a bartender or waitress or whatever, and uh, so then the phone rang uh, two mm-hmm. hours later and said, can you start at 11 a.m. tomorrow? I said, ah, ah, uh, That's uh, pretty yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, okay. It was a restaurant mm-hmm. with a beautiful bar. And uh, I said, yeah, okay. But they must have thought I could really run a whole bar. I thought I would be training. Uh, yeah. Uh-uh-uh. You bullshitted too much. So much so. <laughs> I, at that time, I didn't know what a martini was. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a martini was to me? Do you want sweet or dry? Oh, no. They, just yes. The, just yes. the vermouth. And, yes. And then, so, we used to have that, that problem, too, yeah. when, when people from Europe would come in and they would ask for martini and That's we would it. pour them I a mean, big glass of vodka and they would look at us like we were crazy. Somebody asked me for a screwdriver. Yes. I'd say, do you want a Phillips head or a flathead? <laughs> and where, which drawer would I find it? And they look. <laughs> so luckily for me, that was my grounding to become a bartender in this country because I had four, by, by five past 11 that morning, I had four serious shaken men come in. Like, uh-huh. my hands were shaking, the DTs, old guys. All of them retired bartenders. Okay. They kind of all took a shine to me. They all sit separate parts. They all had their seats at the bar. One guy wants a black coffee first, pours in his Johnny Walker black, downs it. Uh-huh. Stops the shakes a bit. So then he just said, just give me a double Johnny Black. Then I have the guy with the Budweiser. I knew the Budweiser drink. Uh-huh. I'm like, yes, the coffee and the whiskey. But then the guy comes in with the martini, and I was like, sweet, I drowned. He went, are you kidding me? You know? And he was really nasty to me, but I thought, don't cry, don't cry. Oh, no. Don't run out. You, mm-hmm. you know, Don't run out of the bar. You let them down. You know, yeah. You've got to do this. You can do it. So then I was just, he's like, sweet, I drowned. So I gave him both. I said, well, then if you don't want to answer me, you choose. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> and he pushed him back to me and he said, you know what? I think you got some spunk. I'm going to teach you how to make a martini. Nice. So he did with chilling the glass, blah, blah, mm. blah. So then I'm getting a few more people in, just beers. I knew what to do. Then somebody comes in, asks for a cocktail. I went back to him. I was like, what is it? Da, da, whatever it was. Mm. And uh, he tells me how to make it. So then he said, I got a plan. I'm going to start calling people up and I'm going to pay out of my pocket. I'm going to have them order a drink from you. And if they order it the second time and you've forgotten it, you owe me $5. Oh. But I'm paying for the second drink. If okay. you forgot, if you forgot. So that was how I learned in that day about 25 cocktails. <laughs> so they order a drink. I didn't know He'll it. He'll teach you how to make it. Yes. And, and if they ordered if it they again order later on, time. the same drink, and I forgot, I had to give him $5. What did that cost you? I didn't. It, it didn't cost me that much because I've got a <laughs> wicked memory for drinks. That's great. Dreadful with names. Mm, Don't know why. Same. Terrible with names. I'll remember everything about your life and your drink, but names. Mm-mm. I'll remember your drink and one thing about your life, but yeah. then sometimes it's something that you're not supposed to mention. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember you. But yeah, that was <laughs> that was my training, and it was incredible. That's was, great. And he, the, the owner, he was an older, older guy. He was the chef owner, and he was, every word was F, 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 F. Uh-huh. Pick this F and steak up, and I used to be like, I didn't, I didn't know how to swear back then, but he taught me that. Too. Oh, wow. So I learned how to F and swear, let me tell you. Oh, good. <laughs> and then one day I F and sweared back at him, threw a steak at him, and told him, stop bitching at me. And then the rest and I could he hear loved you. Side were like, yeah. <laughs> he loved you forever. Yeah. And I was there for four, four years. Oh, wow. Four years. And Chelsea was a little different back then. Very. It was a little yeah. more rough. Yes. 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 Now, I was on 9th between 22nd and 23rd. Okay. It's called Mr. Babington's Cafe. Was it? Is it was still it, there? No, no, he's he's passed. He was old when I started, <laughs> and he worked every day, seven days a week, and wow. he was there. He would fall asleep at the bar thinking up new menus, and I drew a picture of his silhouette at the bar, uh-huh. and then we made menus with his picture on. Oh wow! Uh, he was a character in three quarters. He had about fourteen hairs on either side of his head, silver, <laughs> and they were all tied in this lovely twenty-eight. Paired ponytail at the back, you know, uh-huh. and oh, what a character! Yeah, he was he was something else. That sounds something great. Yeah, uh, and so you were there for four years. What made you leave? I couldn't handle the heat, and and it was August, and I was just sweating here. Oh. It was so hot. It was the yes. hottest summer I can ever remember. And he wouldn't put on the AC. No, not just that. Just everywhere. I just really couldn't handle oh. the heat at all. You left New York. So I, people were telling me, go to San Francisco. It's like a winter. In, in August, <laughs> I was like, don't be ridiculous. I didn't know anybody in uh-huh. San Francisco. I just got a flight. Went, oh, wow. Booked a hotel. Was it like winter? Well, it was really cold. I didn't okay. bring any sweaters or anything. Uh-huh. I thought they would, I thought maybe it would be 70s or uh-huh. something. But uh, it was really quite chilly in that August. Huh. Was it Mark Twain that said, what was his quote? It'll come to me. Know. Never this summer in San Francisco. I forget it. It'll, somebody will know. It'll come to me. But yes, it's definitely cool, and they get the Indian summer. So oh. I ended up having to go out and buy sweaters in August, which I didn't mind one bit. So how long were you in San Francisco? Five years. Oh, wow. We were in San Francisco in the winter, and it was warm. It turned out to be SantaCon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think anything could be worse than SantaCon in New York. Mm-hmm. But SantaCon in San Francisco, where it's... Nice and warm out, and so everyone's just out in the street. Yeah. And you have your, like, bikini Santas yeah. and your, like, underwear Santas. 
it's actually worse. It's actually worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's so crazy. did you bartend in San Francisco? For a hot minute, I uh, ended up general managing more of a fine dine uh, restaurant, which was a really great opportunity too. How'd you get that job? I went for an interview for a breakfast waitress job. Was the first, the first week uh-huh. I got there, just out of curiosity. Six months later, I was the GM. So I told you I'm good at bullshitting, but I must must be still have a little something underneath. So yeah, that was a really good job. Then I ended up getting bored and came back here. Uh Uh-huh, and then now you can stay in the summers? You, I've always kind of got to be in AC, although this summer I had to work outside with the COVID. Oh, yeah. So I was outside all summer working, and I just brought four changes of clothes. (laughs) <laughs> and I just, I always had like ice next to me and I would just have to keep putting ice down on my change t-shirt. That's funny. Yeah, I don't I like the I heat either, better. but I also don't like the cold. The cold I can handle because you just dress up warm. I worked in a place where we had air conditioning and it worked. And the boss said, I'm not paying for air conditioning for you. Huh. So Charming. three people come in and you could turn the air conditioner on. But <sighs> one person would walk in and walk out. And then another person would walk in and walk wow. out because it was too hot. That's unbelievable. <laughs> but it takes so long to cool a place down. So people yeah, would come in I and know. they want to feel the cool. I leave it on. I leave it on overnight because not overnight. not during COVID. I leave it on overnight. I turn it. Just I turn the temperature to, up. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. And I leave it on overnight because it actually takes more energy exactly, to yeah. cool it than it does to keep it cool. Yeah, that's right. And then my porters come in and clean, so it would be nice if it was nice yes. and cool for them. And then the bartender's open, and it would be nice if it's not, you know. Wow, I want to work for you. You're super I'm, nice. I'm really nice. Yeah, I'm wonderful. Super nice. <laughs> yeah. This interview is going really well. So <laughs> you might end up with a job. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Miles. I'm just kidding. Hey, Miles. How are you, Miles? <laughs> um, so that was at Union Hall that you worked this yes. summer in the heat. And yeah, this, this past summer was something. I mean, we, had, we tried the outside. We were lucky. Because we had so much outside space. Yeah, you and we really did. Because the building next door used to be a bank. It used to be a gym. Mm-hmm. It's empty. So they've just yes. let us use their whole side of their building. Oh, that's great. So we got to put an extra 20, 24 wow. seats down there. I lived across the street from there for 15 years. When? So I moved out about three years ago. So have so. you been into Union Hall? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've probably served you. Definitely. I've been there 14 and a half years. Oh, what? Since day one. Wow, and I used to go to the Spelling Bees. All right, yeah. Um, I was friends with David Witt, mm-hmm. and he would host the Spelling Bees. I know Bees. David Witt, yes. And, oh, man, and I caught someone cheating. Ooh, what'd you do? Um, I told. <laughs> um, he was looking at his watch because Ooh. the answers were on the screen behind them, ah. and he was looking at his watch, and he could see the reflection what of the, the answer. What is the point? Come on, dude. <laughs> wow. Want to cheat at a pop <laughs> spelling thing. Good. I'm glad you told on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. It is. It is. It's, got its, it's got its good points, and then it's got its crazy points. You know what it's like on a weekend there? Oh, yeah. For, I've worked every Friday. I was hired to work Friday and Saturdays because I love just volume. Okay. I, I'm just, I yeah, love yeah. just testing myself. I also worked open the Nokia Theater. Uh, which is like, then it was the best buy. I forget who it is yes. now because they just sell the space. It's owned by AEG. They got a mm-hmm. hundred year lease, but they just sell the light space. Okay. As an advertisement. So I was there once. Yeah, I worked there when it opened and I was there five and a half years and working at at Union Hall at the same time. So I was just like, save that cash, save that oh, money. Oh, wow. Yeah. Save Has it, it run save out it. yet? 
kind of, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go somewhere. So, so, okay, so you're in San Francisco. Yeah. And then you came back. And then did we get to what you did when you first came back from San Francisco? Well, no, we didn't. I, uh, I, it was funny. I went to see Bobbington again. So uh-huh. Stevie got a job, but he'd closed the place in Chelsea. He knew he was on Upper West Side, 95th mm-hmm. Street. So I was talking to him, and I met this guy in there who owns a bar with no liquor license on Court Street. Okay. Here. It's Court, and uh, it's now Abilene's. It used to be. Oh, okay. It was Finn Bar back then in 2001. And they had no so, liquor license. No, he was closing, wanting to sell, but he had no mm-hmm. liquor license. I didn't know at the time. Not the first day. Uh-huh. So th- then he said, meet me there tomorrow. He said, you'd be a good fit, I think, in there, and uh, we'll put you behind the bar. He had one girl working. So I, he just gave me the keys, the alarm, and he oh. just said, and there was hardly any liquor in there. And there was people coming in after work, and weird. I was really, really weird. Uh-huh. And hardly any beer, and I was like, so then he called me up, and he's like, oh, your sales were pretty okay. You know, I went in, and uh, he's like, looks like you've done a lot of cleaning, because I'm a clean freak. Uh-huh. And then uh, I said, do you mind if I go out and buy some liquor? <laughs> I was like, people were coming in and asking for stuff. And he went, oh, I don't have the money. I don't, I don't So I just went to the corner liquor Ooh, store, uh-huh. Kitty Corner, and bought a bunch of liquor. I was busy. Yeah. It was great. And then I just kept cleaning the place and painting, painted the bathrooms. <laughs> and um, he ended up selling it, got uh-huh. a good price for it. So he gave me a little money for that, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, he got a temporary liquor license um, for four months, and then he sold it. And uh, from there, I went to help the guys open up B61 and Alma. Okay. So they're my buds. And then I liked that whole neighborhood. Yeah. That's, so then that's I opened my own place on Columbia and Cape. What was your place? Bluestone. It was, I was only there like three years. Okay. Because the mafia came in. <gasps> Shh. The mafia doesn't I mean, exist. Oh, yes. No, no, the no. The mafia so, doesn't so, exist. So some guys so, came <laughs> in. Some guys came in that I wasn't too fond of. And I just thought, nah, I like just being a bartender. And I didn't want to. What, did they want money? They took. Let's not go there. But okay. Yeah, it, was, it was tough. But I was strong. And I refused to renew my liquor license. That's what I had 100% control over. Uh-huh. And I just said, screw you guys. And that was when I just said, you can take everything, but you can't take wow. me. So I just, I lost a lot, but I didn't care. I was like, if I keep staying here, I'm never going to be able to be, be me. Yeah. They're going to keep coming in and just trying to, it's just a long, ugly story, but I'm proud I did it. I'm happy I did it. Yeah, that's so much work. It became Puck Puck, which was a great okay. place. Because it, it was just an open office space when I when I went to get the space. I had mm-hmm. gone to the city, I blew out walls, put in windows so you could see the skyline. Um, that was all great. And I loved it. But when they came in, I was like, bye. Oh, no. And I still live there. I still live in that neighborhood, right mm-hmm. right there. I never moved. Been in the same apartment for 17 years. Oh, wow. I'm kind of one of those stayer kind of people. If I like something, yeah. I stay. You know? Yeah, my apartment in Park Slope was supposed to be uh, temporary, and I stayed 14 years. Yeah. So I lived across the street from 205th, right. and my back window was Union Hall. So no matter what was going on, I could always hear people yelling in the streets. Yeah. (laughs) Very sad, though. 205th closed after all these years. So sad. Yeah. Yeah. This this year's, or last year, rather. This year, too, I suppose. Yeah, still happening. It's just attacking this business. Yes. It's horrendous. Yes. And now we're still not going to get opened again, Cuomo said. No. That's what he and said. And 25% just isn't enough anyway, because you, you, the owner, lose, I think, even more when it's at 25%. It's in a way. 
Yeah, I mean, at least if it was 25%, we could have some people inside and they would show yeah. up. Yeah. But this weekend, you know, it was 25 degrees out. Yeah. Yep. And we have this little backyard with four tables and two little heaters. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't put more heaters because we'd have to redo our entire electric. Yeah. So we have these two little heaters. And if you're the first ones to show up, you can sit near them. But they're not going to help in 25 degree weather. No. And it's hard enough no. to get people to come out yeah. when they get to go inside. But it's when amazing, it's 25 though. Degrees. Isn't it amazing how many people are there dressing up in their skis? I know. I, I walk by and I just smile I all the time. Thinking, I can't New believe Yorkers it. New Yorkers are just so amazing. It's the, true. New York public are just so great. They're out there. They, they don't care. Yeah. They want to help you. They don't yeah. want you to close. It is. And that's yeah. that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. The people that it's are great. coming here yeah. are the same people that are like, we need to go support our yes. local business yeah. because we want them to make it yeah. through this. Yeah. It's not people that are like, oh, what a great time I'm having sitting outside. Mm. You know, they're like, no. we got to do this. Yep. It's our obligation to keep this bar yep. open. Yep. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's great to see it all over the city. In the rain. I've been, I've been out in the rain. It's been uh-huh. pouring. And I'm like, this is great. Who cares? But I was in the summer rain. Is, I haven't done a winter rainstorm. But, is um, Union Hall open now? No, no. No. Uh, December 6th, they just decided to shut it until dot, dot, dot. Yeah. It will reopen. Yeah. But it was just That's costing when we a made lot. The... It was just, it just seemed to, they also didn't want to, they chose not to invest in the heaters and stuff. Yeah. They could have done, but I, I think maybe they made the right choice. And they just yeah. said, let's just shut it for, I don't know how long. I'll just throw a guess out there. Three months is a guess. Yeah. When it starts warming up slightly. Because we did well over the summer. Yeah. We did okay, you know. Yeah. That's what we're we're waiting for. I was just um, talking to to uh, my partners. I was like, all right, we got two rents until the spring. Mm-hmm. We just got to make money for two more rents, yeah. and then it'll be spring. And yeah. that, and we just got to get through that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not easy right now. It's, it's not, not easy. It's not. It's not. Um, what have you been doing to keep busy? Well, I like walking, biking all the time. I uh-huh. Love that. And uh, I see it. I have like a small I'm going to make us drinks while you tell your oh, story. Yeah. Actually, I have bad news, though, for today's news of the day. Because uh-huh. one of my walking companions slash co-workers of the last 10 years uh, tested positive today. Oh, no. Yes. He's okay. Um, his brother and sister-in-law all tested positive. And I was with him, I was with him two weeks ago. We went for a nice walk in uh, Bronxville. And um, we'd go to Coney Island, different places. He's great, Oscar. And he works like crazy. So he's got it. I was really worried, but he's, he swears that he's, he's over the worst. He just thought he had a flu. Boy. But um, it just shows you, and as a reminder to anybody that's listening, don't take this lightly. Constantly wear your masks and be careful. Because he would never tip me and him would be always very careful. But uh, he must have got anything from his brother. Because he was visiting his brother and his nephews. Oh, yeah. Where? So he would take his mask off in Jersey. He would take mm-hmm. his mask off in their house. So he thinks that his brother, obviously, who had the first symptoms, must have got it because he is working. I never felt more like a bartender than I did just now while I was listening to a story while making drinks. I haven't Woo! done that in such a long time. Oh, I got to tip you now. Hold on. Here you go. $50 on the phone. Tip that girl. Well, cheers again. <laughs> cheers again. It's lovely. You make the perfect drink. <laughs> Here we go. You've been practicing. 
My husband and I had COVID. Um, I got it on March 16th, and he got it on the 17th. And we closed on the 15th. We, yes, exactly. That is insane. The, we closed on the 16th, and I got was it, it the 16th? Yes. I thought it was the I got Oh, it. yes, because I worked the 15th, sorry. Yes. So to me, I think yes. we closed on the But you're right. Wow. Because I was like, Stuart, I feel sick. Um, and, and I was like, I think we're both supposed to stay home. And he was like, I have to go shut down the bar. You stay home. And I was like, but they're saying that we should both stay. We didn't know anything. Yeah, then. nothing. Yeah. And so I stayed home. He went and closed the bar. And then I was sick for about four or five days. And then he was sick for like two weeks. Um, but we didn't know if we had it. What, what then, sickness were you like? I mean, what did you have um, out of these symptoms? So um, I had, we both had shortness of breath. Uh-huh. We both had coughing and sneezing. Um, fever, headaches. Yeah. Stuart had chills. I didn't have chills. Yeah. We both had loss of taste and smell. Yeah, that's what Oscar's complained and about because yes. he loves his food. Yes, and that's when we knew that we had it because again we didn't go get tested. Yeah. It was the beginning, um, and then later we went and we got an antibody test and yeah. turned out we had it. Well, so. knock on wood. Thank God yeah. you made it through and yeah. you didn't have severe. Yes, because yes. not everybody has the, the ability to fight it. No, and I you think. Know? Even the um, healthiest of people are getting it and just... And you, you don't know. know, there's, it's like the luck of the draw. You yeah. don't know which, which one you're going to be. Yeah. Um, we, we, I think we were lucky. I was, I was, I was like, oh my goodness, I have to like write down all the passwords because oh I'm not going to make it. Um, That's awful. Because I have asthma. Um, but I think the fact that I had asthma saved both of us because... I'm very familiar with not being able to breathe and I know what to do and I knew what to do for both of us. So we were like in the bathroom with the shower on to uh-huh. like steam and, and you know, yeah. sleeping, sitting up. So we stronger. I made, made that, that too strong. strong. No, oh, it's no. okay. I'll hustle through it. <laughs> trying to take advantage of me, aren't you? Oh, I've met your kind I'm before. trying to get the good stories. Oh, yeah. Dirty stories. <laughs> so before you ended up at Union Hall, you owned a place... Um, I'm sorry that didn't work out. That's okay. It was an experience yeah. that I wouldn't change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many people say, you know, that the, the M word was n- sitting next to me every... I'm like, yeah. oh, the big guns. But <laughs> that was an experience. And then you went and you got a job. I uh, started work with the Nokia Theater. Oh, okay. Straight away, because that opened in like the October, October, November, 2000. Five. I so there. I just had two months, went home to England, uh, and I went, my mother lived in France, so I was in England and France, mm-hmm. came back, and then one of my regulars that was at Bluestone, mm-hmm. his best friend ended up getting the bar manager's job at the Nokia Theatre. Okay. So she called me and just said, come in, get a job. That I said, okay. Great. What's it like, I've never bartended a place like that because you're... You have to be really fast for like an hour and then nothing. Well, it's like, uh, yeah, you do, you've got uh, 5,000 people coming in, let's say, mm-hmm. 10 bartenders. But this, I, I was always put at the busiest station, one by choice. And I, mine was next to the restroom. There was a two, mm-hmm. two-man bar there. So we called that one the pub because it was an English guy who's the manager of pianos in oh, the city. So okay. me and him worked together there. Uh-huh. So we called it the pub. That was the cool one. Uh-huh. But nobody could touch our sales because we were just boom, boom, boom. And then there was the four, there was two four-man bars. And uh-huh. then there was cocktail service galore. Oh, okay. But I, they would have to stand in line and you just had to go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because then it was the intermission and out they'd come. Boom. boom. And then we, I, I loved it. Get in line. 
Uh-huh. You know, you could yell at them. They're not your regulars. Yeah. Like, don't try butt in here. Not get in. Not get it. And security would. You could push a button and the security would show up. Oh, that sounds fun. But then I want of course, you know, the drinks are a little more expensive in, in that, that kind yes. of club, and people don't always have the money. So. And they're also shocked. I remember we got like two Stoli sodas, and I was like. That was almost $40. <laughs> it wasn't that bad there, to be honest. But I couldn't stand, which I don't usually get that much of in bars, where people would be like, come on, make it strong. Put some more liquor oh, in there. I hate God. that. It's like, what well, <laughs> it's, it's my, you know, you can, you can click at come me. On, nice. You can wave at me. You can knock. And I'll, I'll just get on with it. Uh-huh. I'm just like, what? Uh-huh. But if you're saying, make it put strong. some more in. There's no liquor in there. And I'm like, just watch. So that's Hold when you the do ice. the old trick where you put the... The soda gun's coming out 700 miles an hour whoosh, into the little plastic cup, and I've got the liquor bottle, raising it up, pulling <laughs> it down, but it's at a slightly downward uh-huh. angle, so it's coming out about a fifth the speed of when you're normally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I would say, now watch. So then you would put a little extra on the top, but okay. it really wasn't extra. No. Because you've underpoured a hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So when you say that to me, I actually don't even give you any. You don't get any extra. You probably you get, get a little, little bit less. less. But yeah. I'll, but it makes it look like, because the time it's taken you to hold that bottle. Yeah. Because then you'd stop the gun. You're like, oh, it's barely going in. But that's <laughs> how you'd get your tip in a club. That that makes sense because. So instead of getting the $1 tip, if you were lucky, they'd be like, oh, I'm coming back to you. Yeah, that's like, the smart Crip. way to do it because I'm like, we don't do strong. Do you no. want a double? Exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then I get no tip. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know. Your way's your way's the better way. <laughs> yeah, just working that magic with that bottle and just say, watch me now, watch. Uh-huh. And it's going and going, but it's barely coming out. They don't look at, they're thinking one, two, three, uh-huh. four, and then oh you're like God. five, six, and they're like, then I'll go a little bit on the top. Now, there you go. And you always get a bigger tip, but it can be really down. You know, it makes you feel a bit down when you get about seven of them in a row. You're like, mm-hmm. for God's sake, order a can of beer, man. <laughs> you know? And, but, Yeah. It was, it's, I guess more flowers, more flowers with honey. No, that's not what we're looking for. Yeah, you get more flowers with honey. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick to that. Yeah, I'm we'll stick do to that. that. <laughs> flies. Yeah, flies. See, but why do you want flies? You want flowers. Yeah, that, I, I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, um, that's a good trick. That's yeah. a really good trick. I um, yeah, I go the like. Yeah, because you end up being happy with the tip, and they end up happy thinking they've got a strong drink because they can smell the liquor. Keep, yeah, oh, that sits on the top. They can smell it. I they, have. Poured the shot like into the straw, Ooh. so that the first sip is really strong. Wow! Um, How do you manage? I don't know. Not the whole shot. You pour the drink, and yeah. then you put like a, a little, little bit, bit in, in the there. straw. Yeah. So when they take a sip, they're like, "Oh wow, that's really strong." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess There's, I guess we gotta have our tricks. Yeah, we said that in sync. We gotta have our tricks, girl. You have to. Yeah. Gotta do it. So, club. So you were at Nokia and... And then the following year, I started at uh, Union Hall in July of 2000. Uh, sorry, no, I did... Which one did I do first, for God's sake? No, it was July 2006, yeah. So it was the club first, and then July 2006 was when Union Hall opened. So I opened that the first okay. day with, uh, with oh, the wow. crew that they'd hired. So I, I was only hired by Jim, the owner, to work the first Friday night because it was okay. only a week before it opened that I got the interview. Uh-huh. A girl that was, uh, you, you probably know her, Lily of Red Hook. Mm. Lily. Oh, from Lily's. Yeah, Lily's. Yes. So Lily got the job there. Okay. Through through the friend that I knew. Was that was that before Lily's closed or after? No, no way after. Okay. I helped Lily close her bar, of course. Oh, I love Did Lily's. her last night and got her wasted. 
And I went and bought all the booze there too because she was short of money. I love Lily. I still see her all the time. She's oh, still man. working, bartending. She's Is in she? um, um, Sunny's in Randolph. Okay. Shout out to Lily. Shout out to Lily. That's a bar I regret not spending uh, more time in. It, it was what Lily's or Sunny's or both? Saw, uh, Lily's. Yeah. Lily's. Because yeah. Sunny's is still there. Yeah, Sunny's still there. Um, I saw Wanda Jackson there, though. That was mm. that was a hell of a night. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lily's a great character. Yeah, I should get her on here. So I had her, <laughs> I had her working at Nokia. God. Uh-huh. And she's in this because I would be like trying to stand next to her because her sales were a quarter of the other mm-hmm. <laughs> other guys and girls. And I'm like, and I would go to her register and I'd be ringing something. And I'm like, what are you that's but so she was she got she got super you know she she made it work for years too yeah and yeah and she was appreciative of the job and it's you're just in and out it's corporate but it's just like you go in you have yeah. to set it up and break it down yes. every single shift yes I worked at the uh, at the Hammerstein for a while okay so we did that um, but I interviewed as a manager because I was like I need to I need to figure out my next step I can't you know mm-hmm. bartend my whole life mm. and I was so I I interviewed as a manager. And the bar managers there were not really managing anything. They just stood behind. So there would be a setup of four or five bartenders, and then there would be a manager behind them yeah. with a headset, and I would, like, radio for more ice. Yeah. So I would stand there doing nothing while bartenders that were way slower than me yeah. were, like, not moving the line fast yeah, enough, yeah. and it would drive me crazy. Yeah. And then um, I would ask the like the main manager if I could be a bartender because I was like this isn't working out yeah but I think he didn't think I could do it because I I started as a manager and yeah. like all the managers asked to be bartenders because it's a stupid job but yeah. I was like I wish I had asked to be a bartender first because <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a better job um but you know whatever it happens yeah <laughs> yeah I love this I just love I love volume but then again, I love working on a Sunday night on date night. Okay. You like you the know, Tinder Sunday, dates? Oh, my God. We are <laughs> Tinder dates. It cracks me up. Me and Miles used to work Sunday night for a couple of years uh-huh. together. And we'd have bets on who's going to make it, who's going to get home, who's going to split before, and who's going to argue. Because there was just there's so yeah. many. It's, it's a great place to take a date. Yes. You, there's so many cozy. nooks and crannies. Yeah. Cozy. And also, if it's not working out. There's other options. You can play bocce, which gives you separation. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's different things. So I would end up having this, I would master it down. I'd be like, all right, you need to go with you and you go with you. And I'd be mixing them all up and matching, rematching them. People <laughs> <laughs> like, you're so good at this. I'm like, I should call it Vanessa date. What's your best Tinder date story? Oh, I don't know. Off the top of my head. <laughs> Off the top of your head. I know I don't have Literally one just, it was actually plain and simple. Just one couple sitting on one side of the fireplace, one couple sitting uh-huh. on the other. And the body language, opposite, you know, mm-hmm. arms crossed and everything. I literally just said, you guys, how about you just do a switch <gasps> for just 10 minutes and see how you get on. And they stayed together the whole night and both were just snuggly and That's kissy. That's hilarious. So it was very simple, but it was just, I could see the, the two of them, both couples were and just they really. Agreed. They were like, and all right, just, I don't well, like this date. Here, let's do it. Someone else. And I would keep going, That's you guys amazing. are right, you're right. And they're like, it's good, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, they, that one ended up successful. Yeah, or the Tinder dates that immediately go to the restroom all together. And you know they're in the same cubicle, and I'm like, ah, that's not (laughs) what we want to be known for. No. They have, I love the bathrooms over there, though, because they have all separate ones. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, We had a Halloween party here, um, I guess it was two years ago, and we get a little bit of a nerdy crowd here. Uh 
Um, my my husband has a podcast, and and his listeners that live close by, they threw a Halloween party, and I'm used to working in you know like less savory kind of places, and so two women went into the big restroom over here. Um, you know, we have two restrooms; they're both you know unisex. Uh-huh. And I ran over and I bang on the door. I'm like, hey, one person at a time. Exactly. And these two like quiet, nerdy girls open the door and they're like, but our costumes, how will we get out of our costumes? And I was like, you're right. I need to take it down a little bit. I need to take it. They weren't doing anything wrong. They were just helping each other out of their costumes. Oh. But yeah, that means you're on your game. You're always watching. <laughs> Get out! I was like, "Hey!" I was like, "Oh, this isn't the place. This isn't. Yeah. They're just. They're not doing drugs. They're not having sex. They just yeah. need someone to unzip." <laughs> it just. I don't get it now. You know, how many people must have had sex in the union hall bathrooms? And this isn't Oof. something you want to promote, but you just know it happens. Yes. And I just think, who are these people really? Well, and it could be people in these fantastic suits, guys. And yeah. Tri- and I'm like, it's always the ones you just least expect. Yeah. And I'm like, I know you guys were in there together. And I know, you, you know, you were in there about 15 minutes. You weren't peeing. I'm like, really? In all the bars, I feel like the first time we caught somebody having sex in the bathroom, in, in each bar, we were like, oh, we made it. Someone's having sex in the bathroom. That's how we know we're a real bar. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, that's a funny one. Not my thing, but to each their own. Yeah. Um, so I have a segment called, I always get the name wrong. Every week I say it wrong. Come on. I have a segment called, You Won't Believe the Fucking Day I Had. There you go. And I encourage people to email me stories about their day. So if anybody would like to email me a story about your day, um, I would like to read it and talk about it. However, nobody has done it. Well, then you have to figure out another way how to get this out there. Oh, yeah. Put it on your Instagram. Oh, it's on all of them. It is? Today, I tweeted about it, and I got a lot of likes, but nobody sent me an email. Okay. So, what I've done the last couple of weeks is I've read out loud, Reddit, Am I the Asshole? Have you heard of that? Yeah. So, I found a few that have to do with drinking. I read those as if they're letters to me, and then we talk about them. So... I'm going to pick one, if that's okay. Go ahead. And uh, I just have to go into my, boop, 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 go into my email. You would think I would have had it um, already up. Boop, boop, boop. Okay. This one, I found this one, and I think this one actually made people so angry that it was in, like, two different BuzzFeed articles, Ooh, and it's like from it. over a year ago. Okay. But whatever. Um, and I'm going to read it as if this person wrote a letter to me. So, Dear Charlene... Am I the asshole for serving a pregnant woman a non-alcoholic cocktail? Um, It says, I have waited tables for the last three years. During my shift last night, a group of four women in their late 20s came in. They were a pleasure to have as customers. They ordered four of our house cocktails to start with and then went over the menu for their entrees. When I was on my way back to their booth with the drinks on the way, I walked by the backside and overheard one of them talking about how she was 14 weeks along. When I rounded back, they were talking about the same topic, and it was clear to me that she was pregnant. I figured her having one drink wasn't a big deal. They ordered their entrees, and I went off to handle other tables. About five minutes later, they called me over again, 
and asked for another round. At this point, I started getting concerned, but I took the order and cheerfully said I'd be right back. This time, I went to the bartender and asked him to make one of them a virgin cocktail. He was confused, but since he's a good friend of mine, I told him to just trust me. A few cocktails later, hers strictly virgin, they started getting rowdy, and Mrs. Pregnant Woman was also getting into it. I figured that since she didn't notice, things were okay. The problem came when I took them their check, and they asked to split the bill at the register. When Mrs. Pregnant Woman got to the counter, I saw her cocktails were marked with virgin. My bartender had edited each in the system for inventory. It was too late for me to edit them back, so I just had her pay, hoping that she wouldn't look at the receipt. They all thanked me and left, leaving a generous tip in the process. They were talking in the parking lot for the next short while, presumably waiting for an Uber. Several minutes later, Mrs. Pregnant Woman came back and asked what virgin on the receipt meant. I fessed up that it meant non-alcoholic. <laughs> she blank stared at me for a few seconds and then asked if she had ordered a non-alcoholic cocktail. I said no, but told her that I assumed she wanted one, seeing as she was pregnant. I wish I could tell if this writer was a man or a woman. Uh. <laughs> Um, it was a lame lie and I'll admit it but she looked me in the eye and asked me to return her part of the tip I did so then she talked to my manager my manager took me into her office and literally shrieked at me until hoarse Um, okay I stood my ground and told her that I'm not going to be responsible for FAS she told me that she was taking me off the calendar until she decided what to do with me she also informed me that I could get the restaurant in serious trouble for discrimination and upon examination of my state's laws, she is correct. Uh But when I talked to my mother and father about it tonight, (laughs) they told me that they understood my position. Sure. The entire staff at the restaurant is against me, and I think that I'm going to call in and tell my manager that I quit. But I still feel in the right here. I would like some perspective on this, and if I'm the asshole here. So. (laughs) Well, no, you shouldn't serve a pregnant woman, and a pregnant woman... Friends or family around them shouldn't order an alcoholic drink for them. Putting you in that position for me straight away. But she mm-hmm. just overheard 14 weeks. You're not going to show. And I would have, if I'd felt concerned, I would have gone straight to the woman in mm-hmm. question and just said, look, I just walked by you and said, I heard uh-huh. you, are you pregnant? Because I'd rather not serve you. Have a, a, you have that option. Yeah. To not serve a customer. Okay. Because you don't know what that 14 weeks really meant. Hmm. Because, and also, is, you don't see it that yeah. point. Any, there's no baby showing. So she's taking it into her hands without letting them know. You assume know. the server's a woman. I'm not sure, <laughs> actually. I think it might be. I do, because he asked post. What guy? Well, guys. This is interesting. Yes. But I would think I definitely wouldn't serve a pregnant woman. I would feel awkward. Although they say a glass of wine here and there is no mm-hmm. problem. It's their prerogative. But you have the right to not serve someone. But I, I think this was shady. Um, drink after drink and then letting them believe they're drinking alcohol. Uh-huh. And had they not seen that virgin on there, they would have left not knowing. But Yeah. Um, she would have definitely complained about how weak of drinks were. Yeah. <laughs> this is interesting because we disagree a little bit. Um, first, you have the right not to serve someone, uh-huh. but you can't choose to not serve someone based on certain things, uh-huh. and you th- thinking that they're pregnant is one of those things. 
So you can't choose not to serve someone because they're trans yes. or because they're, yeah. you know, because of their race. Yeah. And you also can't refuse to serve them because you believe them to be pregnant. That yeah. falls under the rules. Yeah. So you have to. Serve so them. you legally have yeah, to. Yeah, but serve that's what them. I'm saying. I would have gone up to that mm-hmm. woman. I would not have served her virgins. I would never have yeah. done that. I would have just said, "Look, I just I'm, did I hear right? You're 14 weeks pregnant." Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, you do have to serve them. Yeah, I know that. And also, depending on their system, since they're saying that the bartender switched it to virgin because of inventory, yeah. But also, probably in the system, it looks like the check would be a lot less. Mm than the check that you presented. Yeah. Like they went back, it's like they went back and turned a whiskey and Coke into a Coke, Coke after yep. the customer yep. paid. Yep. So what happens to that other like yeah. $5? Yeah. Do they keep it? So mm-hmm. all, they, it also seems like they were ripping her off. Yeah. Because if they, if they charged her yeah. for yeah, booze no, and then all the booze went yeah. into the register, that's one thing. Yeah. But it seemed like they charged her for booze and then changed it to not booze well, after. Well, I hope that's not the case. I didn't feel it, that. But I hope that's not they the didn't case. Say and then it, you'd but... also think that when you serve, when I ever mm-hmm. serve somebody, say, a pint of soda oh. and it's three bucks, I give them one refill uh-huh. on a soda gun, not yeah. like if it's a bottle or anything. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that means if she had two or three, she should have been allowed a free refill if it's just Coke yeah. 2 or whatever. Yeah, she was it depends drinking. on what it is. But if yeah, it's but... like something with like fruit and juice and this and that, then it would be a different yeah, price. Yeah. But I definitely but... would have said, I wish you'd want to walk by. I heard you saying you were 14 weeks along. Does that mean you're pregnant? I would have hoped to have You would have probably them. been able to. <laughs> to guilt trip them into saying, oh, shit. Aren't they less um, uptight about that in England? Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But I still, I mean, pregnant women just don't, to my knowledge, or in anywhere I know, uh-huh. go out and get wasted. But it does No, happen. they generally don't. Nowadays. But years ago, I'll tell you where this well, yeah. Newcastle City Center, where I'm from. Uh-huh. Honey, I swear, back when I was a kid, it's a crazy bar. I mean, it is the wildest bar city, I think, in the world. And I bet you there'd be eight-month pregnant women drunk I mean, there. I don't think there was any kind of um, negative thought about it mm. back then. Mm. I mean, I like to say all our, all our parents drank when they were pregnant, and we turned out fine. Oh, thanks for saying I'm turned out fine. I think our parents all smoked, too. Oh, no, not mine. Oh, God, absolutely. My mother, even in her bar, she's like nobody. She was so delighted when it was no bar smoking. She tried to make her bar no smoking. Really? She kicked them outside, and the few ashtrays, they had to be far away from the bar. But she couldn't even touch them. She would retch. She'd be like, oh, that's so disgusting. Oh, you know, she really did not like smoking. She That's was amazing. super happy because it happened when I was in San Francisco mm-hmm. with the no smoking. Yes. She and said, then this is great. Later. And actually, it really bothered me. I've never been a smoker in my mm-hmm. life. But I don't mind if you smoke. It's your choice. It doesn't matter. Um, but when I was working in bars where it was heavy smoking, uh-huh. it was starting to get to me a lot. I yeah. do have asthma, too. I have yeah. a pump with me and stuff. And the smoke, as soon as you'd get home, just put all my clothes into a garbage bag, yes. tie it up, jump in the shower, wash your hair, wash your body, mm-hmm. and then you'd get in your PJ. You know? <laughs> I was a smoker for, for years, yeah. and then I quit, and then the bar, act, and then I started again, and then the bar actually tricked me into quitting because I didn't realize, because I had, I had quit, and then I had like a cigarette here or there, so I was up to like five a day when I used to smoke a pack a day, mm-hmm. and I was coming home from work, and smoking was allowed in bars back then. Yeah. And I was in the car ride home, and I had my last cigarette in my pack, and I smoked it in the car, in the car service, and he let me. Yeah. 
And um, I was having trouble breathing. And I was like, wow, I can't breathe just from the five cigarettes I had today. I really need to quit. But it wasn't from the five cigarettes. It was from being in a smoky bar all yeah. night. Yeah. Um, and I was furious when they said that we couldn't smoke in bars anymore. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it would work, to be I didn't honest. Think when, it it, work. when it first happened in, in an island, too, I was like, this is not going to yeah. work. I was like, this is not going to work. I, I was see. really surprised, I was, Me, too. And, and even the smokers so ended up telling happy. me after a while, they were like, this is great. Yeah. Because they, they all it. get to go outside and hang out together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like your own little you know locker room thing. Yeah. Um, the thing is, if you don't smoke, then you don't get to have. Oh, that. that's me. Yeah. Yeah, so I, don't I would smoke I would end either. up saying to people you know that I work with, I'd be like, at the end of the week, like if Miles had had a couple, then yeah, I'm, you I'm, get I'm like slammed. you get like an hour and off, like, and I'm like, dude, I want I want to take an hour. He, yeah. But he would always say, "Go on, yes, I'm gonna yeah. bartend," so he wouldn't mind. He'd love yeah. it. But loads of people are like, "Well, that's not fair. I'm smoking." I'm like, "That doesn't mean it. You have to." Yeah. Can I go stand outside and like in the think, club and all those for places? Five minutes? Yeah. Um, there are some companies that give non-smokers like an extra two vacation days really? a year because it oh, adds I don't up. Even, who gets vacation days anyway? I know. We, I'm saying bar people, yeah, don't, yeah, but yeah. other companies. Yeah, well, that's a nice. That that's a nice incentive. The smokers. <laughs> yeah. Get in the elevator, go outside, have a 15-minute cigarette break mm-hmm. three or four times a day. That adds up, so they give yeah. the yeah. non-smoking employees. I remember when I was a kid of... and my grandma smoked. Ooh, she smoked. And I remember uh, I was like, what do you want for Christmas, Grandma? And she's like, oh, nothing, nothing. So mom said she gave me money and said, go buy her. And kids could buy any cigarettes yeah, yeah. then. Go buy her what you think she'd love. And I came home with a packet of 20 Benson and Hedges. <laughs> and I was just little, little. And, grand- and my mom's like, what did you get that for? It's disgusting. I said, well, that's what she loves. <laughs> I know that's what she loves. So I was wrapping it up, trying to disguise it so it wasn't a packet of cigarettes. My mother was so upset. Kept buying it for my cigarettes. That was funny. Everybody in my family smoked. It was just, you like, adults smoked. That's yeah. just how it was. Yeah. When you get to be an adult, you will also smoke. Yeah. That's well, what happens. Well, if they ever watch, I love watching old black and white movies or the mm-hmm. old movies. It was the style. Everyone Everybody smokes. smoked. Yeah. If, you, if you watch the old movies, everybody's smoking nonstop. Whereas today, the movies, you barely ever see somebody yeah. smoking. Yeah, and I was watching the I was watching footage of the insurrection, and people were smoking. And at first, I was like, oh, "How dare they smoke in the in the House of Congress?" And then I realized, "Oh, everybody used to mm. smoke in that building." You know. Mm. 40 years ago. So there are other things to be upset about besides that they were smoking. <laughs> My mind is going back to this woman, the pregnant woman. Okay. What would you have done with her then? You were the, I, you were the server. I would have served her. You would have served her, no bother. Her. You it's none have, of my business. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would have totally served yeah. her. It's none of my business. I would have felt business. in my conscience I would have mentioned it to her. And mm. then I probably would have served her. But yeah. I would have felt like... At what least if she was just fat? No, but that's what I'm saying. If I, I would have mm-hmm. said, I walked by and you said you're 14 weeks along. Does that mm-hmm. mean you're pregnant? I would have made it sound, yeah. you know, funny or, you know, because I wouldn't certainly. I've had that problem where somebody had lost a lot of weight and a security guard refused to let a lady in to the bar one night. And it mm-hmm. was a Sunday, dead, you know, really quiet. And the security guard wouldn't let, this is a union, wouldn't let her in. And then um, I know the old trick where you look at the eyebrows and the ears because you can't change them. 
Okay. No matter the size of a person. So that's okay. like a, an old police trick or something if you look oh, at a, and the ears that. because they don't change no matter what size. Okay. So this lady, apparently, I found out afterwards because she she'd written a really bad Yelp review about him, but she yeah. mentioned me as being really nice. Mm-hmm. She went in, refused to drink because her friends had already got drinks. And she said to me, she said, how did you know that was me? Because I've lost 70 pounds. And I told her the trick, uh-huh. and she went, well, he is an asshole at the door. And I said, I'm sorry, yes. Because <laughs> he refused to think he that He said, it was you're her. not the same person. Yeah, he's like, you, he's like, do you know how many people I see? And they come in with fake IDs. And I was like, wow. Shut up, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, that's an And old, how that's old was she? Oof, I'm going to tell you now. She was probably in her mid-40s, so she wasn't no, you know, lovely lady. She just refused. And I, she didn't put the bar down. She didn't put me down. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, but she said it's just for, for anybody that's lost weight and you're not allowed into a place, yeah. tell them you've lost weight and to go F themselves and leave. Yeah. You know. And a lot of, I feel like a lot of um, bartenders and bouncers need to use a little bit more common sense. <laughs> because. Yes. Common um, sense is key. We've had um, stewards moving his boxes around, if, if you hear that. We had a few. <laughs> Steward came up and started moving his boxes. Um, we, we've had some people yeah. come in, um, you know, it would be like a group of six and they're all in their forties. And then one of them is like, you know, I, I had my wallet stolen last week and they're like clearly all the same age. And I've had the bartender be like, nope. And I'm like, what are you doing? We need six people. They're obviously, you know, over yeah. 21. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. The law is not, they must prove to be 21. 21 no. The law is they must be 21. Yes. So it's fine. I was thinking so if think you look like, younger than 30, you're okay. I can pretty much tell. Yeah. I mean, our, our security guys, we've always had issues with a couple of them. Their ID, you know, they're coming in to see a comedy show or something. Uh-huh. And they're like, say, 75. ID, please. I'm like, really? Come on. Come on. Come on. I've seen that in a couple <laughs> of other places too. And I'm like, for real? Come on, they've got no hair, they've got a walking stick. I not say that that means that you're older. How are they going to get down the stairs to the comedy show? Oh, they'll just take their time. Okay. <laughs> but in the pipeline, there is, uh, there is um, uh, in, it's been obviously put off, but they're putting in an elevator there. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're all, they do right by the people. That That's there. great. And the comedy is great there. Yeah? Comedy shows I love. Have I seen a comedy show there? God. If you haven't, then go. Okay. You know the bartender, not the owner. She'll get you in. <laughs> I, I know one of the owners, too. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, I guess on that note, maybe we'll wrap it up. I think so. Um, it was lovely speaking to you. You too. Um, you said you don't have any GoFundMe's in the no, works. So I just I'm want everybody to, to donate it to Hinterland. Yes, if you would like to support my staff, you can send us a tip at um, on Venmo at Hinterland's Bar. Um, you can email us to buy a T-shirt. You can support Minnie's Bar. And um, it was lovely to talk to you. You too, Charlene. Thanks um, for having me. Thanks for coming. And this has been I Know the Owner. I'm Charlene Wellington. And this is Vanessa Whalen. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. I know the owner.